Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Stickman Sessions podcast. It has been a fair while. I'm really sorry about that. But we do have four or five excellent episodes lined up for the next couple of weeks and a few more booked in to be recorded after that. So hopefully we'll be a little bit more consistent with it from now on. We've had some amazing guests recently, um, various people from the industry, uh, musicians, promoters, writers, um, all of whom have had some really insightful things to say about various aspects of the industry and and, uh, their experiences in sort of gigging and songwriting and promoting. So if you are an independent artist or a band, hopefully there's plenty that you'll find useful, um, plenty of good advice and ideas. Um, that you can utilise and if you're just a music fan and you just want to enjoy the conversation there's some fantastic points made by everyone and hopefully you'll just find their perspectives interesting. This week's guest is the wonderful Chad Ernest. He's a writer for Stereo Stickman so he writes music reviews for us, he writes articles on various aspects of the industry, think pieces, um, research pieces. Um, He's a wonderful writer, but he is a videographer by trade, so he's worked a lot with um, album design and video design, that kind of thing. I mean, I'll let you get into the conversation to find out more about what he does, but um, it was great to be able to chat with him and and have such an in-depth conversation um, about creativity and and everything surrounding that. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for checking back in with us. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, all right, so just to give a little bit of background, how would you describe what you currently do at the moment, um, either as a, a freelancer or however you're involved in uh, in what you do? Um, I just, uh, I don't know, I try to give everything an equal shot writing-wise um, when I find something I like. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's, I, I like to look at things from a different perspective. Um, I feel like some people, you know, they... Uh, you point to a turd on the ground and, and someone tries to explain how it smells and how it looks, but you can also alternatively take the approach of, you know, what what sort of amazing meal that animal must have had and uh, the forces acting on its life to cause, oh my you know, gosh. that sort of thing to happen. Yes. <laughs> wow. <Wowzers. And>, uh, <laughs> that's a great, uh, so just, yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's all right. That's just uh, yeah. Some people look at things for what they are, and some people look at things for what they could be. And I just I try to be one of the people that looks at things for what they could be. Do you find that quite easy, or is that something that takes time to master? Uh, sometimes it's a challenge. Um, there there are some people that just seem to have super generic copy of a copy of a copy of thoughts. Um, and you try to to find out their motivation. Uh, you realize conformity plays a huge issue in it, but. Yeah, I think everyone deep down has something they want to say, and I think that as a person, your your job in life is best served as helping anyone else say what they want to say. Because when you have an open forum, that's kind of the best situation for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. <clears throat> that's great. I love the turd analogy. That's such a great start. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what? So at the minute, what do you describe yourself as? Like a videographer or? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, videographer, photographer, uh, whatever the moment calls for. Anything arti- um, artistic, I guess. Yeah, basically. Any- anything where I can sit down and look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually as good with the sound, personally. Okay. Um, but uh, the visuals uh, visuals <coughs> speak to me a lot more than, than music does a lot of times. Okay, cool. So did you study it? college or anything like that or did you just kind of yeah um yeah i went to a full sale university down here um which they're uh they're known for 
Uh, I mean, they have, they're probably like the Grammy winning, Grammy winningest school we have in America. Um, but they also have a lot of, uh, all the technical sides of things. Uh, they're not like an acting college or a performance college, but if you're the guy working the soundboard or you're the guy working the computer or the video editing, that's the school you want to go to because that's, you, you won't get your name and, and big flashing lights anywhere, but you'll get to work in the industry for the rest of your life. So that's kind of cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, so when did writing begin for you then? Um, like your article writing or you know review writing uh writing yeah uh freshman year of high school i was like uh, 11 or 12 years old I, i kind of always enjoyed writing at the point we used to have like young authors day in school and stuff yeah um but i had this six months where i was i was sort of hospitalized they'd fed me a whole bunch of like really hardcore drugs a bunch of narcotics and everything and i don't i don't want to be the guy that's like drugs expand your mind but uh i i was on a lot of drugs and just i couldn't talk to anybody i was locked in a room and writing was kind of the only place i could turn to to sort of express myself uh at the time yeah so i wrote my first book then oh my god um and yeah and it <laughs> and then from there just sort of you know once you write the first like three or four hundred pages uh writing things you know it doesn't become about trying to write something that's long it tries it's about writing something that's better yeah and it makes it a lot easier to kind of hone down and polish that yeah for sure what so <clears throat> what was your first book then what was it about it was, it was this little piece of crap called project alchemy um i was you know i fancied myself one of those sci-fi fantasy writers um, just about like an old government agent that happens to find this island in the middle of nowhere on a research trip where they actually do have the, the philosopher's stone that everybody's spent so many years looking for. Um, but it turns out that, you know, it had kind of fallen into the hands of some of the, the worst parts of society there. And he kind of takes it upon himself to maybe not so much utilize it like he was supposed to go there for, but to lock it away from everybody forever because you can't have that kind of power. That sounds great. Yeah, well, it wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was every 12-year-old's, you know, it's, you know. It was a pretty good place It's what to, you write when you're 12. No, no, it's yeah. a good place to start. Did you, so if you wrote this when you were on a lot of drugs, did you remember it after when you came out of this haze or, you know, was it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I read it a couple times and that's kind of when I realized I, I don't really want to do this. It was, um, I, I wrote the first chapter, I, I still to this day, I really like the first chapter. Um, but then everything else, I, I I did this weird thing where like I wrote the first chapter and it was in like a third person past tense almost sort of thing. But then I tried to bring the the character himself into the forefront in the second and every chapter moving on. And I started writing in this almost first person present perspective. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't really work for books, but I found out it works really well for film. And that's when I started doing film writing was, you know, somebody, uh, one of my teachers at school read it. And was like, hey, I have some friends in film and you need to learn how to write that format instead. You mean like script writing? Yeah. Right. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where does music come into it? So you obviously you're a big music fan, um, but you've never, yeah. you're, not, you're not a musician yourself, no? Uh, no, I played a little bit uh, in high school. I just, um, I, it's, it's hard for me. I, I, I have this weird, my brain fixates on things. Um, and, and music for me has always been sort of magic. Uh, when I learned film, I really kind of hated myself because now every time I watch a movie, I can't but sit there and dissect every single thing yeah. that's happening. Every piece of dialogue, I'm like, oh, I bet that's going to come into play later. And it kind of ruins the movie for me. I know exactly um, but what music. You, mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't want to do that to music. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to keep the magic. And uh, every time I tried picking up music, I just, I would get stuck. It would almost like, 
I would I would take like a country song or a pop song and it would still just turn into this endless loop of a techno song because in my head I couldn't stop the loop I couldn't move from verse to chorus to verse to bridge to you know I just it yeah. I, just my mind wouldn't it wouldn't make the transition it would just this is these are the notes that you're playing keep playing them and it just oh, sort of droned on so I, I took a step back and I I, I do some lyrical writing uh, with some friends of mine because I, I can still poetry flows to me just perfectly but yeah. music itself is it's just a mystery is that um, big Philly that you're talking about yeah okay cool so who are they yeah, what, then, are they a, a local band or just like some friends of yours you've known for a while yeah it's just a it's actually he's just a, he's one guy he's worked with a few different local bands um and uh i've done some work with some of them i don't i can't even remember they they go through so many names you know and they that's the problem that we that i've had with a lot of the people that i've worked with they you know, they, they do really well as one band and then they change one person in the band and instead of just keeping their name for that brand recognition, they just change the whole name of the band because they're like, oh, without our guitarist, we can't still be Great Lakes Riot. We have to be something else. Yeah. And then, you know, they they play their same old songs, but they play them under the new band and then clubs won't hire them and then they just, they just go back to working in a factory. It's kind of depressing. But... Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried when you mentioned them. I tried to um, Google them, but when you Google Big Philly... I, you get just a lot of stuff about Philadelphia coming up. Well, from here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, he's a real private. I, and, I, and that could have been, you know, I could have done a little bit more marketing uh, on his behalf. But when I really, by the time I released the album, Seed had two kids and he was working full time and he was like, listen, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, you can put the yeah. stuff out there so it'll be out there, but I'm not really going to pursue this. So I didn't. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you find it akin to writing poetry then when you write lyrics or is it a slightly different process? Um, it, it is different. Um, every once in a while, uh, I have like the, the book that I have that has a bunch of different poetry in it. And, um, Jason, who is big Philly, his name's Jason Phillips. Um, Jason will take it and he'll, he'll find something that he likes and he'll kind of retweak it to fit a song. Um, but it's only because, you know, my cadence poetry wise is sort of, it's a self-contained like one poem. And when you do, the lyrics for the songs it has to be something that flows not only with the the lyrical content of everything else in the song but it flows into the verses the bridges the choruses yeah, sure. um so it can't always be a closed end you can't you know you can't end on you know you can't write iambic pentameter and have the last two be the same the only two that rhyme you have to keep it open to mm. yeah i guess Fair to fit the rest of everything <laughs> oh cool um okay so um in the way of video stuff have you i know you did the intro, the little animated intro to um, one band's video that I watched today. I can't remember the name. It was a rock band. Oh, yeah, Bonehawk. Yeah, yeah they um, Yeah, they had hired Three Goats, uh, which was a local production company, and they're, they're really good at what they do. Um, and uh, they just they didn't do a lot of the animation, stuff like that. They didn't uh, have somebody that could really think as outside of the box. I don't want to say I think outside of the box because – Normally when somebody hands me a job, I just, I Google, uh, what the source material is and <laughs> any tutorials I could find on how to do it. Um, <laughs> stay very much the, in was, the box. <laughs> right. It's, it's very much in the box. It's just, but that's what they wanted. They wanted, we, we had, um, there's a local like PBS station around here that was like WSBT 13 or whatever that had that exact same logo. Yeah. And they wanted it as they wanted basically an exact, cause that's what they grew up on. They wanted to be an homage to that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, so I Googled that video clip. Um, and then they had the whole, you know, the laser cutting looking thing to it. Um, did my research, 
found a place that could do something sort of similar and was able to just tweak just different effects and after effects to make it. Because um, it spells out Bonehawk, uh, but in order to do Bonehawk and in order to have the lasers run the way that the lasers have to run uh, in there to make that form, we actually had to take a PNG of their Bonehawk logo, cut it in half diagonally, and then run a tracer through after effects to where it starts at one end of one symbol and the other end of the other symbol and traces the whole thing through so it looks like it's tracing out a whole word yeah. but in reality it's tracing out two separate images that were cut in place there uh, for our use to look like that that sounds far more complex than i uh, than the people envision i imagine <laughs> yeah that's uh, that, that's my specialty is uh, sort of in the box sort of outside the box just seeing what we can take to make work and yeah that's sure. the thing i like about film though is uh i realized very early on that the difference between what is and what people see is the exact same thing when it comes to film. There's, there's no, if you can make it happen, if it looks like you're on a, a 40 foot yacht with 30 other people, cool. But it, it could just be like a, a skimmer with six people and you're good at filming. Yeah. So. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way. That's really cool. Do you, have you ever, have you actually been on the camera side of things or are you just kind of always behind the scenes so to speak like doing... uh, uh like as far as acting and stuff goes no i meant like doing the count like have you ever recorded you know filmed um, oh I don't yeah know, yeah anything uh yeah anything anything that's on my website um is something that i've filmed that you personally uh, personally right okay yeah that i personally I, I personally filmed i do all the raw footage and then i go through and i edit it and and all that stuff okay. um yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I do a lot of a lot of the film, a lot of the editing. A, a lot of the stuff here is if you're one guy, you got to kind of do it. Yeah. If you're willing to do it. No, that's awesome. Really cool. So why when did review music become in uh, uh, an interest to you and were you not worried that that would do the same thing as learning music and that it would make you hear it differently and you wouldn't appreciate it as much? Um well, you'd uh you'd posted an ad for people yeah um <laughs> and i i'm always looking for something new to write um I, I thought of it as a new challenge at the time um because i uh i feel like you go through stages as a writer where it's like first you're you're just writing to write then you're writing to see if you can hit these goals then you're writing to see if you can hit these creative goals and then you're writing to see if you can reach your goals and i think the last step to that is um writing to reach someone else's goals hmm. Um, that's the true for at least from a, a, an almost commercial or a hireable stance. Yeah. You know, I did the same thing in film when you first start doing movies, you do home movies, uh, home movies, of your kids. And like, if you really like the craft itself, then you move on to being able to do everything. But a lot of artists as artists, they just want to focus on their own thing, but that's kind of not how our industry works. You have to be able to, to write or film what somebody else wants from you first to prove that you can film anything. And yeah. then once you've proven that you can film anything, then people will start giving you money to do, to write and, and direct the things that you want to write and direct. Yeah, that's right. And I just, uh, I sort of saw music as, as an opportunity to, cause I do, I appreciate, I think everything, uh, that's one of the things I like about your side. Everything has its own merit to some extent. And I, I really, I hate, I just I hate when when people review something and they just they give it an absolutely terrible review without taking into context who the person's from where they're, you know yeah it's just what pointless. what their values are as a person yeah yeah because I don't think anyone you know reads a review and uses that to decide whether they like a piece of music you're gonna listen to it anyway you know so it's not that's not right. the purpose of the review um, right yeah no um, completely agree with so. that um so do you have you found that it's changed the way that you listen or is that just when you're working on an article you'll listen to it that way and otherwise you'll just enjoy the music 
Uh, it's both. I, I definitely, I'll, I'll find myself, somebody has a playlist on at work and it'll be a song I haven't heard before and I'll start listening and they'll be like, oh, this is a very interesting take. I wonder if this person's <laughs> from Tennessee or if they're just, uh, if they just like to drink Tennessee whiskey. I wonder why they've mentioned that by name. I wonder, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Mildly analysing it. Yeah, no, yeah, just a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about rock then. So you, is that, would you say that that's your, your genre, you're a rock fan or do you... Yeah, yeah? definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and some areas shamefully, some areas proudly. Which areas shamefully? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I it, I feel like it's 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 been long enough since pop punk and emo died, and I still have like that Bowling for Soup playlist on my phone that I go to every day. And it's, like I, like I'm a grown man and I'm listening to teenage music, and people call me out on it all the time. But you know, it's oh, it's, who cares? it's the no. new dad rock. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and what do you, what? Uh, no- non-shamelessly what are your like go-to you know non-shamelessly i you know uh i i still as you know as old as i am i I still don't see shape uh see slipknot as being something i should be ashamed of having to listen to um no 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 it was such a they're they're still yeah they're they're huge everyone knows who they are absolutely and i'm sure right i think they're booking a tour currently and it's already selling out like insane rates so um right and then there's just other just i don't know rock in itself i can go to a rock concert with people that i i've never met and i've never heard their music before and i'm seldom disappointed just walking into any indie rock concert because it's always people trying their hardest yeah and that's what i appreciate about the genre i guess so do you still go to a lot of rock gigs yeah um yeah where i am in florida now there's not as many because it's a, a very diverse crowd um but we have we have some bars up the street like two blocks from where i live there's one of those main stretches that's like a tourist you know trap in florida yeah and every night there's at least one bar that has just some artist you've never heard of just playing its heart out on the on the stage okay and that's cool. always just, so just life affirming like, yeah <laughs> indie bands like right. at the beginning of their their journey right yeah awesome um so have you listened to the new slip not track and watch the video i have listened to the new track i was actually you you messaged me about there being a new slipknot track and i felt like a bad fan because <laughs> um, like I, I i follow Corey taylor i follow slipknot on facebook i'm supposed to get email updates and i, I didn't hear anything and then you messaged me and i went on on spotify and i searched and i was like oh my gosh it's here oh it's God. been here how long i never knew about this oh, i let you off because i get up five hours earlier than you so that was the only reason <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably what it was yeah <laughs> what we what did you think of it uh, i think it was uh it was it was great man it was uh, i don't i don't know how familiar you are with slipknot but they're um like if i wrote a thesis project it would be those guys right um and it was uh it was everything off of their latest album um it was everything off of iowa it was they had the the drum beats that they had in, in subliminal verses it was it was this culmination of everything that they've they've spent their whole careers doing, and in their last their last big interviews they did when the the gray chapter came out, um, they they stated you know what we learned the most from um, all hope is gone that terrible album that all their fans hated um, was that we, you have the rest of your life to make you have your whole life to make your first album and you have the rest of your life to make the album after that and you should never take that for granted. Yeah. And. Uh, and I think that they really, they kind of lived up to that with this newest song because they, they took everything they'd learned before, everything that they were great at before, and they threw it into this one song. And if the new album is going to be anything like the new single, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, for sure. I think they encapsulated that actual sentiment as well within the song, which is what I really liked about it. I've always loved their lyrics anyway. 
Um, right. The yeah. The the new does not mean best. Yeah, exactly. The old does not mean dead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then once I kind of <laughs> once I'd heard that, I then was like, I'm going to go back and I want to you know hear and read what the verses are and stuff to kind of. I mean, I love yeah. I love Corey anyway. I, I think more than the music for me, I like just listening to him talk in interviews, and I like Stone Sour a little bit more than the Slipknot stuff, just because uh, it's a little bit more melodic for me. But yeah, I'm, I'm on that same page. My my friends were hardcore Slipknot fans in high school. Like I made fun of for it, but. Yeah, Stone Sour's always been. If you can have a, a mainstream rock band like that that does that puts out those singles, yeah, and and still know that you have the power to be Corey Taylor and Slipknot, that's yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, I think also the the reason I liked it was because you tend to get a lot of rock bands that will come back after like five or or maybe even longer years, um, and they'll try and squeeze into the modern music in some sort of mildly right. cheesy way, and it just. Uh, and it just oh, you mean like Fallout Boy? Yeah, I do mean like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> or even I thought it about Incubus in a way, even though they weren't a rock band. I was really disappointed yeah. with their recent stuff. Um, and yeah, just numerous, numerous other others. Whereas I think these guys just they came back as exactly what they are, but also they just touched on the state of things now. And like the video was quite poignant as well, um, as always. Right. Yeah, I just thought it was quite a nice like artistic burst. I don't know what the album will be like. I don't know how they'll uh, top it or bring it together. But yeah, it was an exciting moment to kind of see that because I think just most of the internet is taken up with hip hop releases lately, it seems. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about that too because I, I get it, like rock music got popular because it was, you know, what your parents told you not to listen to. And I feel like that's kind of where hip hop is falling into now yeah that makes sense you know like i i am i'm about that i'm about that age where i should probably have kids that are getting up there and you know i should be like you should like rock music because <laughs> it, it it's what i grew up with and they're like screw you dad i'm gonna listen to takeshi 69 or whatever yeah. i don't i don't know the people yes yeah, no but it's actually in the same way I, I do listen to a lot of interviews with hip-hop artists because there's a certain confidence you get in that genre that you don't really find you know in, in folk, right. folk music and stuff like that um which is yeah, yeah quite interesting um so what do you think about what are your thoughts on like the future of rock music then and like um, not in terms of it being mainstream because that's never really uh, I think been it's, the drive but. Uh, I think it's great um I uh I was actually really hoping that it would already kind of be more mainstream I I feel like every time that every time in America at least that that there's like a really big Republican regime that rock music kind of peeks its ugly head out and makes its best music yeah um, case in point being like System of a Down was on fire during the Bush years mm, yeah um, like they were unstoppable and I think that it, it was sort of that sentiment that you know just the liberals just brought it forth and that's that's great but uh, I haven't seen it as much in the last couple of years um, no but it's it's still there and what I do hear is incredible like what I what I hear it's I, I don't know I don't I don't think it's ever going to be gone I just think it's it's hard to market because when you marketed rock you marketed entire albums yeah and and today's today's society and Spotify and everything they market singles do you when you go um, to the local rock shows near you do they are they packed are they you know are they still popular are people turning up to that kind of thing yeah um actually the the last rock store i went to i also i went to uh quad city djs right uh, it's not a rock show but they're uh they did that space jam song oh, okay and i i went to a club that it was like 30 dollars cover a person to get in there and we went and we watched them play the space jam theme because that's the only thing they're known for and 
I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't feel like there was any people at all in the bar. There was like maybe twenty people up against the the velvet ropes, like you know, singing along to the song with them. But yeah. you'll go to any one of the the Irish bars around here that's just a local dive any night, and the bar will be packed with people that are willing to bring a guitar to play a song for once. Nice, yeah, that's really so, cool. I, yeah, I think right. So it's, it may not it may not have the commercial success, but there's still people. But there's a, still a scene there, yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. Hopefully, it will start to grow again. I don't, I don't know what I, so much about in America, um, but there's a couple of um, punk rock bands that that have been around for probably years i think um but yeah. this past year or two have suddenly been on like you know on tv shows and they've suddenly started getting bigger gigs and i don't know whether it's yeah. connected to politics but i feel like it definitely no, i feel like it is probably um yeah and that's quite interesting to watch and punk rock again is one of those things where it's like it's fascinating to me and i would love to go to a show i, I don't necessarily put the music on in my free time but it's that kind right. of, do you know but what I mean? The, the energy at the show yeah, itself is exactly. is worth going to. Yeah. Right? yeah, and it feels like a little yeah. bit of a movement at the minute because there's definitely at least five or six bands that I could name that have just suddenly this year have been selling yeah. out and playing all over the place, which is I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, it's <clears> uh, it's 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 an incredible. I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say, but it's I don't know. It, it's wonderful to see. It's hard to talk about, but it's. It's still there. It's just you, you can't see it when you look at it from the numbers. Yeah. Do you think it, it, the rise of rap is anything to do with the fact that you can just make it by yourself in your bedroom now? That it's easy. Um, yeah, I think that's part of it because I know um, in the in the liner notes because uh, I I still dissect when I when I buy an album I actually go through if it's still a CD and I'll, I'll go through the liner notes and everything. Yeah. Um, Corn released their Path of Totality album, which was like their big dubstep album uh, a few years ago, yeah. and I, I really liked it because I, I just I liked every other, other every other album. Corn will do something new; they'll go back to rock, and then they'll do something new. And I liked Path of Totality, but reading the liner notes, there wasn't you know every rock band that records like their solid rock album, they always they always go to these studios where it's like this is the studio where the Beatles first did LSD <laughs> and we recorded our first singles here, and that's like you know there's always some story behind it. Yeah. And when you look in in Path of Totality, Korn recorded that entire album while on tour in penthouse suites across the world, like they they were at the Hilton the Hilton in Tokyo and the the Sheraton in New York or whatever. And that was their whole their whole album was just made on a laptop in a hotel room somewhere Without, because they could. So they didn't have live drums or anything like that. Was it all electronic? No, it was all it was all electronic everything. Right. Um, so you know they they they'd plug their bass and everything in, but then they'd have you know Skrillex hop on there and be like, I can do this on a Mac, yeah. and they didn't have to actually be in a studio doing anything. So what? How did the sound compare then for you? The sound, I I still the sound was still great. Um, you know, it's you know they they had obviously the the best people working on their computer sound at the time. Yeah. Um, so it comes out great because the people that knew what they were doing knew what they were doing. But you can do the same thing with. I feel like rap has has taken hold more because anyone can do it. But anyone can do it because there's so many samples and everything. I, I feel like if there were just a couple tutorials released uh, that showed people how they could make a solid rock album on a Mac in, in the middle of a living room, then it, it would also take off. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's, it's easier, but obviously then, you know, you, you, there are so many skills involved in it if you want something that's actually valuable and, you know, 
artistically. Right. And that's I think that's where it is. Like, because rock can be made as easily as rap can, but there's a certain pride and integrity that that every rock star feels in their you know inside of them and their bands and they're like i'm not going to just i'm not going to sit here and play a midi guitar into a computer and make yeah. it sound like it's coming out of an amp i have to play it out of an actual amp and i think that at some point it's it's great to respect the integrity but that's also uh, a hindrance when it comes to if you want to commercially release your music you got to be putting out this many singles a week yeah sort of thing. yeah yeah I mean, it's definitely good if whatever's the most convenient, if we can get more done, you know, that's what this world is about. Now it's, you know, what's the quickest way I can do this and get to this place. Um, And learning guitar, I guess, it's, you know, it takes 10,000 hours, they say. So it's it's not quite as easy as just finding a sample online and looping that and then singing over it. Um, Right. And and yeah, I have to imagine lyrics are, and that's the thing, because rap, there are some, I mean, you listen to like... uh, like Childish Gambino obviously is up there and Hobson and you have all these yeah. incredibly lyrically talented people that are, you know, they, they also almost came, well, Childish Gambino didn't come from nothing. He already had won a couple of awards for writing before he did it. But yeah. Hobson, Hobson got famous almost entirely online and, and I don't, his music is incredible. His, his raps are second to none. Um, but it's taken him seven years of, of doing solid work and posting YouTube videos to get where he is. And then you have these sensations that just throw something together on a computer, put it out there, and somehow it's it's like fire. It just catches. I think, it just goes viral. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's bizarre. But are they going to, you know, there's the question as to whether they're going to last because in the past, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what the, I don't know what the economic return on being viral is. Um, cause to me, the, the, the obstacle has always been money. Um, I, I, you know, I grew up poor. Everyone that I've worked with and been in a band with has always been, uh, you know, of a lower income yeah. bracket. And the whole idea is if we can just sell one album, that's enough to, you know, that sells enough to be able to fund the rest of our albums, we can just take work off and just write music for the rest of our lives. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I, and, and, and I don't know if it. that's the same, right. And I don't know if that's the same mentality behind these people that have these viral sensations. Like, are they, are they just writing this viral sensation so that they can make the money that they want to make, sleep with who they want to sleep with and, and peace out and just be good for the rest of their lives? Or are they actually trying to build something? And if so, are they going to do it appropriately? Are they going to, you know, write a viral hit, realize that uh, I, I can do better and then take the money that they made and make something better and, and improve themselves? Yeah, well, you'd hope it would be the latter. But, um, right. you know, the, <laughs> I've, there tends to be an, a limit to how many years you can kind of just go with the, the party lifestyle and not really care about what you're creating or planning for anything in the future. Right. But then you look at someone like yeah. Hobson and you look at his first year or two years and there wasn't really anyone listening and still he was, right. you know, every gig he did, he was putting absolutely everything into it and every track he released, he was putting Definitely. absolutely everything into it and that there'll always right. be value in that and you can always go back and look at that so he's not going to lose his right. credibility. Um yeah, it's definitely interesting. There are a lot of, I mean, I, I do love hip hop, to be honest. I love listening to it. Um, but there's just a lot of crap, um, unfortunately. That, that I've, I mean, not crap, it's not fair to call it crap, but it's just something that yeah, sounds meaningless that there's, you know, put no effort into or they've mimicked off somebody else. Um, right. Rather than creating something original, I guess. Anyway, I'm yeah, it's, off topic. it's sort of like the, 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 app development game for iPhones and, and Androids. It's, you know, Uber's really good, so we're going to find somebody to pay to make Lyft, and then we're going to make millions of dollars off Lyft, even though it's the same thing. It just has a better corporate backer. Yeah. 
sort of sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Same with the Just Eat and Hungry House. I don't know if you have those in America. You know, you can order takeout <laughs> on the, online. Do you right. are you a coder as well? Can you make apps and that kind of thing? Um, to to a certain extent, I'm I'm I've been working in Java and a little bit in C sharp, and it's uh, eh, it's just another whole language. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I, I I I can I understand the format of it. My problem is um, like knowing the things that you're supposed to call into it. Because like when you open up like a new set of of development tools and everything, you have to like input whatever this certain value is, and I I don't know what the values are. Yeah. I don't know what you know. I I I always have to go back to like Stack Overflow and just read through I mean, hours and hours yeah. and hours of yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, um, XML-wise, I'm fine. It's just the, the, the that base Java, which is just the most important thing that I have a hard time with. Yeah, there's so much to it, isn't there? It's, um, not something, yeah. but my um, my partner is, does that for a living. He makes software, and he's still just now going back and doing, like, a maths course just to help with some of those, like, in-depth formulas, you know, that come up. Right. Um, just to help get a little bit more of an edge, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. So, in terms of visuals, then, if we try and bring it back to um, <laughs> independent bands and stuff, what advice would you be able to give that um, regarding like the visual side of things? So, album covers, song releases, even videos, um, anything in terms of um, you know making them or collaborating that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, if you have the money, obviously, um, get the best camera that you can. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people do, I, and I've done it before too. I mean, you, if you have a good enough iPhone, it's and the certain apps to to edit it on, and that's what you want to do. Go for it. Sometimes shooting something on an iPhone can be a publicity stunt in itself. Yeah. You know, if you if you file the right press release, like, oh, this band released all of their album artwork with the same iPhone that the lead singer uses. Yeah. Um, but. Um, <clears throat> Personally, um, if if you can find a camera that shoots in bra, that's um, that's just a dream to work with. Um, if you're if you're new to if you're new to photography and stuff like that, um, when you shoot camera when you shoot camera photos off of uh, like an iPhone, it saves it in a JPEG format, which is digitally it's like a matrix. Every pixel has certain chroma and luma values and everything. Um, and when you shoot a JPEG, those are kind of set. Yeah. Um, but when you when you shoot on raw, they're flexible. Uh, when you shoot with a camera, like if I'm if I'm going to take a picture of my dog, uh, then the camera is going to be oh this part of the dog is white, this part of the dog is white, this part of her eye is blue, this part of her eye is blue. Um, but when you shoot in raw, then it it has a whole matrix of information inside of every pixel that says well if this part of her fur is white, then her eye is blue. And, you know, if you change the light to make her skin appear green, then it's going to make her eye appear purple right? or whatever. And it just it, it helps to manipulate different parts of data. You can literally just manipulate every single part of every pixel what? instead of just putting a mask over top of what you're doing already. So Right. OK. Is that when you're taking the picture or are you talking about afterwards, like when you're editing it? Yeah. Afterwards, when you're editing, right. when, when you take the picture... Um, and you're just taking a JPEG, um, just saving it in the lowest format. It's you know it's quicker to upload and everything like that, but it doesn't have any of the information in the picture. It's just like working you know working with sound with the difference between waves and MP3s. Like there's just so much more. Yeah, yeah. In depth technologically that what, you can play with. So what is the best camera then, in your opinion? Um, 
Well, the old adage is uh, Canon for hardware and Nikon for lenses. So I shoot on a Canon and I have some lens adapters. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. We've got a Canon. Best of there. both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Canon camera, Nikon lenses. And actually, a lot of what I use um, to save money is I just I have uh, some lens adapters that use some old, old, like uh, Konica Minolta lenses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And that's... Yeah, I, I definitely prefer Canon. Okay. And so um, what about like artwork design then? Do you have a creative perspective in terms of that, I guess, the image of it? Or is it more like the tech side of it that you would advise on? On um, um, which part of what? I'm sorry. Like, do, are you, were you ever into like painting and drawing and that design and in, in, in that kind of respect away from the computer? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I had uh, my art teacher in in high school actually i uh i didn't even do a lot of design work in college until i went to full sale but um in high school i had a, an amazing art teacher that was also like our drama teacher and everything we were really small school so she had to wear a lot of hats but she taught she taught art in such this in such an interesting way because she just um it was obviously it was art so it was kind of a pass or fail class um but she didn't pass and fail people based on whether or not they tried necessarily it was just their intent um like she actually she passed my friend jason he took her art class and she was like listen you 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 know nothing about painting and i i can't teach you anything about sorry um but i can teach you you know anything you need to know creatively otherwise and i I know that you're a gifted musician i know that you look at the world in different ways so show up every day do the work and I'll, i'll give you the grade but she always had these weird things like when you we would do these facial sketches before we would paint them and we had to do them in pencil we were never allowed to do pen but when we did pencil you weren't allowed to do that weird thing where you kind of scrape halfway down the page real lightly like you had to commit to your lines and she said, that's that's why we do everything in pencil, because you have to commit to your line, but know that you can erase it if you ever had to. And that was sort of one of those things that, like, just at, at its core is just such an artistic, like, statement to me. Yeah. Like, you know, um, always always pick something that gives you an out early on in the game. And then um, she would do sculpture. We did sculpture classes and everything. And I, I made this little frog, and I kind of put these little tiny legs in front. And she said, when you're doing art, it's it's important to look at the world and look at how things actually are because what you have here is a really good frog you've done well on his face his tongue's hanging out it's really funny everything but his legs are going into the front and if you look at this frog his legs are actually coming out of the back of him and you have to give him these giant thighs and she like sort of googled Aww. pictures of thighs and like kind of worked with me through it and just showed me this whole three-dimensional concept of how art is just looking at things long enough to understand how to be able to recreate them and uh mm. i've kind of carried that kind of carried that the whole time that's really interesting yeah because yeah. i'm terrible at drawing it's just one of those things i've not i've tried lots of new things but i just cannot i haven't got the patience and i know i could you obviously develop that skill but um i haven't got the patience it reminds <laughs> it reminded me actually i don't know if you've seen there's been an article going around about people trying to draw from memory famous logos oh, like yeah. the starbucks logo and stuff yeah. and it's just yeah just just terrible yeah. <laughs> i mean it's almost right but right you realize but there's always something kind of makes... off about it. And yeah, exactly. You're not really <laughs> paying attention when you look at these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's where I that's where vector the vector based programs uh, like Inkscape come in because you can uh, I've I've done a lot more drawing and stuff in the recent years and it's really nice to be able to to draw a really crappy line and just be able to you know delete it out 
and, and start over. Yeah. So that's that's always easy. But yeah, I've, I actually I live in New Smyrna Beach. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Ross. Uh, uh, he, he's the, the what? He's like a painter. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a, he's the painter that's always like happy trees, happy trees. Yeah, um, he's in. He's been mentioned in like South Park and things. I yeah, think. yeah. He I, he actually yeah. he uh, he retired here where I'm living now. There's a Bob Ross studio, and for like fifty bucks a day, you can go down and learn how to paint uh, at the Bob Ross ah. studio from like people that he taught, who then taught their predecessors or whatever. So, oh, that's nice. yeah. So I've been doing a lot more of it recently, but yeah. For just because you just find it therapeutic. Yeah, um, pretty much. Um, yeah. It's just, it's something to do. Um, we yeah. I used to do it with my daughter. We'd have canvas days where just to kind of get her, she was like four years old and I just kind of wanted to get her familiar with things because I've, I've found that if I had become more familiar with more things at a young age, I'd probably be better at the things I'm doing now. So, yeah. So you got to be okay with failing in front of your kids to, to get them to be better adults. Yeah, definitely. How old is your daughter now? Um, she just turned six in October. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, in terms of sort of, I take it back to the asking about album artwork. Then I guess have you ever ever been influenced by the artwork for an album, or is it just not that important? Um, it's always important. Um, okay. <laughs> the, I, I, yeah, it's like Disturbs Believe album is. It's such an iconic. Um, it's, it's got like the, it's got like all the, the mixture of religious symbols in front of it sort of thing on like yeah. a red leather background sort of thing. And it's, it's a really simple thing, but, um, there's that. And then Disturbed also had, uh, Todd McFarlane did their, um, 10,000 fists cover and he did Spawn and he did the, the Batman series in the nineties and everything. And it was just, it's, it's a beautiful cover and it's just, I don't know. I feel like the album yeah. art, not only just having album art helps but what a a band is willing to pay or partner with to make their album art um you think that shows more. a nice quality right, right. Yeah. yeah it's like you know if you find you know you get one of these bands that's you know making millions of dollars a week selling out shows and they you know they find some small artist to do their like corn's done it before too they they'll have like their fans submit art and they'll release 15 different album covers that are just album art made by their fans and that's the sort of thing that like it has nothing to do with your music necessarily but it's 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 a part of your culture that you're creating with your music yeah it's a really nice gesture yeah and it's it's important in that in that sort of way i feel like so you'd always recommend actually sourcing some decent artwork rather than just whacking a picture of your band on the album cover. Yeah, yeah, the pictures of the band. Um, I mean, if you if you're fortunate enough to have liners in your CDs, if that's a thing that you do, or or a bio page on your Spotify, yeah. you you always do need a picture of your band. Um, hopefully, a clearly labeled yeah. one because nobody can come to your show and root for you if they don't know your name or what they're looking at. But no, but that's so, social media does it now, doesn't it? You can make sure right. everyone knows what they're right, yeah. and that's that's what's brilliant about it. But I feel like there should still be just a just a, a picture for people to rally behind. You know, with with Blink One Eighty Two, it was the the smiley face with the X's. Even though like their their older fans will all say it's yeah. it's the rabbit. Um, but in their their later albums, you know that that smiley face that's spray painted with the X's, and they add one new arrow to the smiley face every time there's a new album that comes out, sort of thing. And that's something their fans can relate to, look forward to. Something you can get a tattoo of if you really appreciate the band. 
Yeah, for sure. So I guess tying in with that then, how important is it to have a decent logo that you're going to stick with throughout your career? Um, it's pretty important. Uh, I'm trying to think of bands. It's uh, Every band that I've ever really liked has, has had one. And I feel like it's always been sort of a rallying point. I mean, um, Disturbed had that smiley face guy thing on their first album that was just a scribble that one of their band members wrote down. And now he's like the guy that does all the things in their music videos. Um, yeah. What's well, his it's name? It's like a symbol of like, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was just uh, the, the skeleton for the, the, the Iron Maiden. Eddie, is that his name? Um, I, I think, know. yeah, there's a... Uh, I think his name's Eddie, and and I there was a kid in our high school that always had his shirts on, and he knew everything about him and who he was, and and then Slipknot always had that sort of tribal S logo. Uh, yeah, Blink had the smiley face, yeah. and then yeah, it's just every I, I, every band that I, every band that stood the test of time that I can think of has always had that rallying sort of symbol, like a flag. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah something that something that a teenager can scribble on their binder at school. Uh, easily, and that's that's another thing that I think I think that if you're going to have one of those logos, it should be something simple enough to be easily replicable by your fans. Because if you want to cater to people that can't always afford to buy your merchandise, but you still want them to be a fan, you want them to be able to like recreate, you know, your icon. That's the that's the yeah. guaranteed 100% best way to get fans that'll love you is to just be easily relatable and have something that's easily identifiable and, and identifiable, and then something that. You know, even that, that some kid can draw in a new Sharpie on his brand new shoes so his parents can yell at him, but he doesn't care because he's going to school. And that's cool to him. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And I guess yeah, it goes back to when you were saying earlier, whenever you go to a rock show, you always feel completely welcomed and, uh, yeah. you know, like it's something special going on. So it adds to like the togetherness. If you see this merch somewhere, it's like someone's putting up their flag and you, you know, that, you know, there's someone that's also a fan of that. Right. It kind of brings everyone. Yeah together i don't think yeah bands don't really do that much or maybe i've just not noticed i don't see a lot of there aren't too many modern um logos that come to mind there's a couple of taglines that certain bands have i right. don't know if you know machine gun kelly the rapper he has yeah. the whole lace-up thing yeah um i can't think of too many others yeah it hasn't uh i know here we've got you know they've got like the icps and the stuff like that the bands that just won't die even even though everyone wants them dead there uh, is that still a thing in saying it, it is yeah it's weird uh <laughs> it's they're uh they, they actually had a bit of a resurgence because they're like a like a weirdly anti juggalos uh, that's what their fans are they're juggalos oh, that's right. juggalos have a weirdly like anti-trump yeah. sort of thing so they're having like political rallies now where they do icp um merch and everything so it's yeah <laughs> it's uh it's weird but it's yeah. you know anything to rally people around and i think fallout boys kind of come around to that their last two or three albums they've had that same weird crown logo with the fob in it i think they're starting to realize that they need to get people get people well, on they board. just had machine gun kelly support them so maybe he's like yeah thing. my friends were actually at that <laughs> concert in battle creek where machine gun kelly dropped his diss track against uh eminem Really? And that was the one, the one where everyone said that it, it was booed. Yeah, and he he was. I, yeah, I can. I uh, it, it's because it's. You I mean, that's that's it. Battle Creek. Everyone was there to see Fallout Boy, and um, and it's Battle Creek. I mean, Michigan. I we went through a lot of stuff, and I, I was never even a huge rap fan. And Eminem is still like hands down, like would fight for that guy. 
Um, yeah. Just like, I, I don't know why it's weird. It's dumb. But um, like he was sort of the voice of our resurgence as a state, you know, like we went from having nothing and the Eminem show came out and we were all like cool with it. And then like eight mile came out and we're like, yeah, I get that working at a factory 20 hours a day trying to make ends meet. And then he got big and Michigan came back and it was just like, he was still there fighting. He never moved away or anything. He's just, you know, he's just there every day fighting the fight and Michigan respects that. <laughs> So I didn't. I just, so, so that's right. Okay, I didn't understand that it was a, uh, yeah, what, where it was and the logistics of it. Yeah, that was that was. I think that that's what the funniest thing was because Machine Gun Kelly was trying to say, look at all these people that are supporting me in your backyard because we're in Grand Rapids. Like it's like two hours from Detroit, but still, stay, still in Michigan. But uh, yeah, what had happened was they'd gotten everyone together for a group fo- group sh- photo. Nobody knew that it was Machine Gun Kelly that was even on stage. They all, really? you know, posed and were like, oh, yeah, we're at a Fall Out Boy concert. This is awesome. And then he jumped out there right when they took the photo and was like, yeah, they're doing that for me. But they weren't. Oh, that's so fake. <laughs> yeah. <That's awful>. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. Right. <laughs> I think it was one of the, when I was watching the whole, like, him dropping the diss track and stuff, I was, like, fascinated. But it's, like, slowing down <laughs> to watch a car crash. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Um, obviously Eminem is just amazing yeah um, but anyway we've uh, veered off no I'm glad you've uh, solved, solved that one for me I was wondering <laughs> what the truth was <laughs> um, awesome so are you still enjoying writing music reviews is it still something that, yeah that definitely yeah? yeah how do you approach it when you listen to something that's not a genre that you like um, fairly as possible um I, uh, no, it's, uh, there's not a genre that I don't like. I don't know. It's weird. I, I love all of music and I, I love, it's weird. It's, it's never a genre thing for me. It's, it's an inspiration thing. Like if, if there's a review that I, I read that it, it just, it sounds like somebody's not, not trying to tell their story. It, it, it makes me sad and it makes it hard to review their stuff. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I, if, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why you're a great reviewer. I think well, it always surprise me when I, um, when I think that it's something that you, you're not going to like. And then you yeah, it's, and an that's amazing the thing. spin on it. <laughs> and that's the thing. So I, I feel like the, the, the whole point of music is just somebody – I don't think people make music to make music. I think they make music because there's something inside them that they have to share with somebody and it's the only way they know how. And when that's a truth, I I appreciate that. But then there's a couple people that just they look at music and they're like, this would be a good way to get chicks and make money. And I'm going to do what I can do. And then they just they they put out this pile of an album that's nothing. And that's it's it's hard to respect. And I mean, you still, you know, reviewed on its merits, obviously. But I don't I don't care if, if your sound quality is down, if your recording quality is down, if you don't know all of the words that you're supposed to be knowing, but you're trying it's you know if if you have a message and you have a feeling and you want to get it out there and, and this is the best you know how and you've done it then congratulations man like that's that's the first step yeah that's it that's it that's exactly it and it's like this when you've captured some sort of moment even if the sound quality is terrible it's just you can witness this kind of person pouring everything into it whatever the genre is <laughs> right and you listen to it slightly different um yeah i totally agree and I'm, that's yeah you are a really great writers well, thank you quite inspiring reading your stuff um it'd be interesting for us both to review the same thing actually and then right. probably be like oh, I should have actually said that. i did that i did that earlier today i actually i went online and i read uh i think her name's Alyssa. she she also reviewed uh um a track uh, a rap track from the same artist that i had just um that's right yeah um, she she that? reviewed purple clouds 
Um, yeah. And I had, I had oh, reviewed Clef. Showtime. Yeah, from Clef Mikado. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I had, I had reviewed, and I listened to the song, and I, I listened to her. I read her review of it, and I was like, wow, this is it's really interesting. Like, it's really interesting to know, to have listened to an artist and reviewed them, and then to see someone else's take on the same exact artists. Um, yeah, it with is. A different isn't song. It? Yeah. That's it. I like that. I think I like that, and I like just hearing other people's perspectives and that's why i try and write i guess and get you know people on board that are happy to write that way because right. it does inspire you to, to listen to it slightly differently right um you know even if something's slightly out of tune or something's a bit too loud within the mix that's just obviously right. not where their skills lie so you don't need to dwell on that but you try and listen past that and be like wait this is obviously where the passion is this is the sentiment of it this is why they did this right and, there's... Um, and then it sounds completely different and suddenly it sounds amazing yeah and there's so many artists that are just putting their hearts on the line man and it's it's nice to have somebody that's just like hey shut up and listen to this for what it is <laughs> yeah you know yeah, just exactly. you know, I, I get it they don't they don't have 10 million dollars to sit down in the studio every day and produce this but they made this and it's awesome and you need to hear it and just do it just listen to this song for what it is that's it. And, yeah yeah just trying to make it as easy as possible now we've got like a playable thing on instagram and stuff so it's really not any time out of your day just to have a quick right. uh, <laughs> quick skim through some of these songs right, um, right. and we've got and the playlists and everything going on too and that's yeah, we've just started doing the the rock playlist is is amazing. I literally listen to it pretty much at least yeah. once a day. Yeah. Um, on it plays on shuffle, so it's always slightly different. Um, but yeah, the music people are making is just fantastic, and they're just making it because they love to make it, which I think makes it a little bit more special. Right, it does. Um, awesome. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about or say? Um. I can't think of it. It's, it's been an incredible experience. Um, just with some of the, the stuff you've sent me, like I, I didn't realize the cultural differences in a lot of places that are like subtle, like you, you know, you get the big ones. Cause there's always like Buzzfeed articles that are like, here's what everyone from uh, England hates about America. And it's <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't realize that free refills on soda was like a thing, but that's cool to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah, the, the flashback from tapes, that song oh, yeah. speaks to like an entire generation and an entire nostalgia factor that I never experienced myself. Like I, I relate to you know they they mentioned like playing N sixty four and and smoking with your yeah, friends and yeah. I and I I get that entirely. But then like, uh, like Brumtown, I I had no idea. What, I had to Google that. I didn't. Oh I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It <laughs> was like that, that, that's I didn't know, and I looked at it, I was like, wow, there's like a whole scene here that this track is speaking to and it's actually like a gospel for the scene and that that makes the yeah. track that made me respect the track like that much more because it was more than just a song it was like this is me i grew up here this is my entire way of life and here i'm writing a song about it and you know you have to give credit to that when you review it because yeah absolutely no i didn't even i didn't really think of that because to me that was just quite a no nostalgic very british um, <laughs> right <laughs> you know little journey they've just released something new actually they just emailed this week yeah wow. send it over to you yeah definitely um, um, okay. thank you so much for, for coming on I really well thanks it. for having me you're very welcome um, okay. yeah that's it <laughs> alright have a wonderful night <laughs> <laughs>